Welcome to the Finding Backcountry Podcast with your host, Dustin Whitwer. I am Dustin Whitwer, and this is the Finding Backcountry Podcast. Follow along on my journey of learning from the best backcountry hunters each week as we explore valuable information I use to find success in the backcountry. Let's get to the show. (laughs) All right. All right. How you guys doing? You know what that means. I've just cracked open a rock star. And I am on the road, headed to go hunt bears. And this episode <clears throat> will be uh, second second uh, edition, second series. I don't know what we're going to call it. Second hunt series, episode two. And first of all, I'm going to I'm just going to recap. Um, Man, I had the best probably overall response from this hunt series that I've had um, of any episode, really. I mean, you know, maybe save a a few of the really good ones that I've done, but um, this was pretty well received. I think people were interested in the idea and the concept, right? Maybe something different here as I try to... You know, and just for those, well, first of all, I'm driving, if you couldn't pick that up, and I'm by myself, so I'm left home, what is it, Saturday morning, about 9 o'clock, and headed up to look for bears for the day, and I'll talk about that, and just, you know, the dynamic with my wife and and our uh, our new friends at home or whatever, but... Um, yeah, so the hunt series. Uh, this will be episode two. It'll probably be relatively short. I'm driving, and really good response. Like I said, I think people enjoyed the idea or were entertained by the idea of just access to someone going through the process that you guys might be going through, um, you know, or something that you've process that you've gone through in the past. And uh, again, if you're new to this and this is the first episode you're catching up with this, um, I would uh jump back and listen to find the hunt series one episode that was just just barely released and these are gonna all play in progression um or you know not that you couldn't jump in at any point but just to get a better idea but the the two minute version of the hunt series is this is i'm gonna try to do more of a micro uh microscopic look at you know, a weekly or, you know, what's happening in my head right now as it pertains to hunting and try to continue it through the fall and give you guys a perspective of just one guy's perspective. I'm not anybody, obviously, um, but I am, I've done this a while and maybe just a perspective that you can follow along with and be interested in. Maybe, you know, I've already had people reach out, oh, you know, and say, hey, that's, that's funny you say that because, you know, I had the same situation, whatever, on this hunt or I'm, you know, I also didn't draw a tag or whatever. I'm looking for leftovers or, you know, yeah, you're so right about, you know, finishing up projects in the spring and the summer or so on and so forth. So <clears throat> that's kind of the idea behind this hunt series. I'm still working to keep guests, uh, you know, filtering through on the normal format, but I really liked this idea going uh, up to and in through into and through a hunting season and just these micro kind of recaps so that's where we're at and like I said I am on I'm in my truck headed to look for bears and take a look at my notes here because you know driving and popping a top and podcasting it's all very safe I'm doing everything by the book uh, just in case anyone's wondering, but so we recapped off to hunt bears. So <clears throat> I'm not a bear hunter. I, I am a bear hunter. I'm just a terrible one. I don't know. 
I guess you don't have to technically kill something to be considered a hunter of that species because if you did, I would not be a bear. I'm definitely not a bear killer. I am a bear hunter. I hunt for them quite often, it seems, but um, terrible luck with bears. I've had a few tags in my life. Uh, draw tags. Man, I just, and I just uh, brushed my teeth this morning. And that rock star, if I was, if this was a shed crazy rock star review, is it a rock star? Yeah. Lamon Pepino. And I've argued this is the most underrated rock star. Um, and we're going to get into my health issues <laughs> later in the episode. So just wait for those um, <laughs> as I'm talking about rating rock stars. But uh, make sure you didn't just brush your teeth because that will that dramatically changes the rating. Because Lamon Pepino is, for those who are real connoisseurs of energy drinks like myself, it's one of the most underrated flavors and uh, models out there. So anyway, I'm a terrible bear hunter. That's where I was at. <clears throat> I had a draw tag spot and stock only in utah in the summer or in the in the fall actually it was a fall spot and stock tag down on the LaSalle's years ago couldn't find a bear didn't didn't hunt it overly hard but i did give it you know a few solid days looking for bears um i've been up to idaho with my buddy Corey, who's been on the podcast quite a bit and man they they have their bear hunting figured out up there but um you know the time i went up there the I don't know, two or three nights maybe that I helped them and, you know, restocked baits and sat baits that they had. Nothing. Didn't see a bear. And then every time I've gone out here in Wyoming with a bear tag in my pocket, I will say, you know, my buddy Derek Henderson, like one of the best, seems to be one of the best bear hunters that I know for sure up here in Wyoming, for sure. Um, and he just slammed a you guys got to go check out his Instagram back at, at Backcountry Muleys. He just slammed an awesome, um, like he called it a broken hearted, uh, like a, to me, it's like a tuxedo black bear, right? With a white uh, patch on its chest, but the patch has kind of got a little, little black splotch in the middle of it. Looks like a heart sort of, and it's got a little fragment through it. It's super cool. And it was a big, it was a pretty big bear. Um, he knows what he's doing. He's even taken me out and I skunked him. So, um, Anyway, not expecting much today other than to just get out, get in the mountains. This will be not the first time I've been out because, like I said, I went out with Derek earlier this year. But, um, yeah, this was – so the backstory on this and why this particular hunt is important and I wanted to update you guys is this actually started as I was going to go out on a – an overnight or at least or two nights uh, backpack trip and the reason that that's important and the reason that I want to talk about that is that first trip of the year for me is always an absolute cluster it's a it's like a gear explosion uh, I'm opening totes that I haven't looked in since October uh, stuff that's you know I I at this point, I keep my stuff pretty organized for the most part. You know, there's I have two or three main bins, you know, or totes. This one has clothes. This one has some food. This one has, you know, gear. This one has backpack gear. This one's not backpack gear, whatever. And so I keep my stuff relatively, you know, it's, it's definitely all in one room, and it's in three or four different totes, but still, you know, just what's actually in my backpack did I leave something in my backpack over the fall um, this first like okay I'm going backpacking and even though I didn't end up going it didn't work out with work it didn't end up it didn't you know we'll talk about the compromise that I made with my wife to get this whole day off right but even though it didn't happen it's almost better that it didn't happen because I probably wasn't ready and that first gear explosion, that first organization of stuff for the year, for a day or two there, um, all my stuff was, stuff was strewn across the living room. And I, in my head, I was going overnight backpack hunting. And so I started getting stuff dialed. I started making notes of stuff that's 
out of line or I need to replace batteries, right? Headlamps and, you know, where's my knives? And I didn't have any P cord in there. And oh, wait, I don't have game bags ready and like just everything, right? That you go through. <clears throat> and so it's actually probably better that this turned into just a mock um, backpack trip and I'm just end up going for the day today um, because it really got that first, you know, gets the gears going for the year. So it seems like I have this day or this trip every year one way or another and that's about how it goes is just oh my gosh I have so much stuff to get you know you think from last fall it's just going to be there and you're going to throw it all in and you're ready but you know hunting is one thing I've already been out hunting and you just grab a pack and you know make sure you have your tag and your rifle and your bullets or whatever and you're usually pretty good but um, backpack hunting is different so Man, and then along those lines, you know, I went through my <laughs> preparing my rifle and getting my weapon, right? Um, I'm, I just had a new, I, I switched rifles and moved a scope around and nothing, you know, just like my backpack gear, nothing was ready. And so I'm scrambling, I'm at the shooting range a couple nights ago, and I, you know, the problem here was I had, I have a scope ordered and it's not here yet. And so I had to scramble and ended up having to throw a different scope on that, you know, isn't necessarily the one I want on this rifle, but I had to do it. And, and luckily, you know, I went to the range, basically brand new seven Psalm, uh, got her zeroed, validated, you know, that everything was uh, shooting, the ammo was shooting well. Got it zeroed, um, got velocities, ran out to some distance, 840, ping, 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 was good, right? Not the best group I've ever shot, but there's also about a 15 or 20 mile an hour. Uh, we had this massive windstorm. Of course, that's the night I choose to zero my rifle. Um, but uh, yeah, 840, validated, ping, ping, ping you know, all within kill, kill shot for sure of a, you know, a, a bear or a deer or whatever. And so feel pretty good about it, but man, that, you know, same deal there, like <laughs> going through the process now on, you know, a bear hunt, it's not, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> it's not the biggest hunt for me of the year, but I still, I take it serious and I want my weapon to be effective and accurate. You know, and so it needs to be dialed, and it is, but better now than waiting until the fall, right? You don't want to, obviously, you can't, you know, unless you've got a your old trusty 30-06 or whatever that you're, you've hunted with for 20 years that you know you just got to go put a few rounds through. And, and frankly, if you're doing long-range shooting, that's not how you should, in my opinion, that's not best practice, Um you know, if you're doing any sort of long range shooting past two, 300 yards where you've got to, you know, start accounting for environmentals and wind and stuff like that, right? Um, you need to be shooting more consistently than, you know, one extra box a year just to make sure that your zero is still on, in my opinion, for long range stuff. But so went through that process, got the rifle dialed, shooting um, my setup there currently. <laughs> Uh, climber stock from Gunworks, climber rifle from Gunworks with an 18-inch barrel. Uh, wanted the ultimate, <laughs> wanted the ultimate lightweight backpack gun. And ironically, the scope that I had access to that I could throw on there was a Revic. <laughs> and not the most ideal, uh, it's, it's the most ideal scope. I'm a huge fan of the Revic, but not necessarily if you're trying to, you know, put together an eight and a half pound uh, backcountry rifle. So I have a, um, I have a Collis on order. Once I get that, I'll swap them and that'll, you know, I think, I think we weighed it with the Revic on there and it was still, I mean, it was 11 pounds, right? That's, um, frankly, that's what a lot of guys, you know, classic hunting rifles come in at, but, um, anyway, that'll drop significantly, be closer to eight pounds with that other scope minus, not not including if I have my suppressor on or not, 
and also um, my uh, bipod, which I typically have been carrying on my gun, even though I, in my head, I was going to leave in my pack. But so running the 168 Burger VLDs, just our factory. I call it our factory load from Gunworks. You know, it's a little bit more than that. Obviously, much higher quality than a factory, quote-unquote, factory load. But um, it's it shot exceptional. I mean, it was uh, with that 18-inch barrel, I'm still running. It was sitting at 27.75, basically. And, yeah, just shot incredible. Loved it. So... Yeah, that was pretty much the story on that. Uh, you know, so I'm I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, you know, now back to the bear hunt and kind of the situation and the compromise and stuff like that that I talked about in my some of my last episodes. Um, I wanted to go backpack hunt, and I was just you know I was kind of whatever. I needed a break from work. I needed you know the <laughs> these these foster boys that we have are awesome. Um, they really are like incredible. I think we, we hit the lottery so far with the quality of kids that these kids are, but you know, it's still, we're just getting used to each other. And so, you know, I was looking forward to, you know, just getting out every, I, regardless, every year I look forward to getting out about this time and get, you know, a, maybe a shed hunting trip or a bear hunting trip or whatever. And, you know, it didn't work out, but, um, you know, my wife, I'm 50-50 on this deal or whatever you want to call it, you know, 100-100, but we're teammates. And so, you know, she she had some stuff and she wanted to go, um, you know, it's important for her. She likes to go run and she's really good at it. And she wanted to go on a long run with uh, one of her friends early this morning. And so I said, you know, I think the best thing here, the, f the fair thing is, you know, I'll take off um, – you know, now kind of late morning and she got to go on a run and, you know, I hung out last night and helped get the kids ready for bed and all that fun, uh, dad type stuff. But so that was kind of the compromise. And then, you know, I try not to miss, I personally try not to miss too many Sundays, um, out hunting. Uh, I'm don't, don't get me wrong. I, I hunt on Sunday. I'm not that much of a saint, but you know, I, I have responsibilities with my church and, um, I know I'm going to be gone, you know, I'm gone sometimes for work and then I'm obviously gone sometimes for hunts in the fall. And so, you know, back to the first episode, we talked about building equity or whatever. And I'm, you know, that's not exactly how it works with the Lord, I don't think, but it does a little bit, you know, I try to be there when I know that I can or should. And then, um, hopefully <laughs> the Lord understands when I'm not, but, um, so be back to church. Uh, you know, I'll be back home late tonight and yeah, just be a day hunt here. So, and I'm completely fine with that. It's a good chance to get out. I want to, you know, keep using these, uh, just get some gear testing and stuff like that. So, so that's it. Um, I looked before I left, the quota was still open as of 5 p.m. yesterday where I'm planning to head. And yeah, so the way they do the quotas up here is sows, you know, they basically quota the sows. And I think there's a quota of, I don't know, six or eight, and there had been two less uh, killed. So, um, you know, should be. As far as I understand, you know, that's the last update was yesterday at 5 p.m. And so I should be, you know, legal to even if I did tip over a sow and and correct me if I'm wrong, if anyone knows differently. But the way I understand it is, you know, that's the last check in that they have, I think, until Monday, I assume. And so let's say that, you know, this is how the sheep hunt, uh, the unlimited sheep I, I know in Montana, I think is the same way basically you know whatever the last check-in period is until the next check-in period if it falls over a weekend you know there could be if there's if there's two sows quota left you know 
three guys could all pull the trigger the same exact time in three different places and not know and not have any way of knowing. And so they could technically spill over that quota. But as soon as that updates Monday, obviously, then, you know, it would be it would be done. Um, the only thing I'm not sure is if it's a 24 hour check in. I'm hunting for less than 24 hours, basically. So I should be good. But um, I don't think that it is. So I need to I need to know that a little bit better. But um yeah, so we'll see. Heading to an area where I know there's a lot of bears. Again, I've never been there, and I'm a terrible bear hunter, and so I'm just hiking and glassing and don't really have much more of a strategy than that. Hike, glass, see a bear, kill a bear. So hopefully uh, be able to find a, a boar. You try not to kill the sows as long as you can, I think, so. And then the last, you know, couple things here. It's just a few updates. Got uh, the big tag draw results for me coming out this next week will be Wyoming. As a resident, we have antelope, mule deer, and elk results will all be out on the 17th, which is what, maybe Thursday or Friday. I'm not sure what's today, the 11th or 12th. So that will be either big news or bad news, one of the two. And, you know, not a big deal in Wyoming. You can, even if I, you know, it's really the elk tag. Um, I don't, as a resident, I don't have any reason on the deer tag to apply for any of the limited entry mule deer tags. They just, you know, if you understand the options for mule deer tags in Wyoming, there are a couple. Um, there's probably a handful, actually, that could produce, you know, a, a quote-unquote better hunt or bigger deer in Wyoming, but not necessarily for the type of hunt that I want. Uh, in other words, there's some low country sagebrush, limited quota, you know, that might be a more enjoyable hunt with less people just because the tag numbers are down and maybe find a bigger buck, maybe not. But the general consensus and from what I've seen in Wyoming, a lot of these regions, right, and the two hotspot regions are H and G. Um, those are, especially if you're into hunting the high country early like I am, there's really not a better option. There's maybe one or two limited draw tags that you can, that are also high country limited draw tags. But even those, um, you know, it's it's almost like hunting the same general area as far as I look at it. And why would I pigeonhole myself to that one specific unit that, you know, if it was like the hunt of a lifetime and, you know, the unit was crawling with 220 inch deer, then obviously I would be interested, but I really don't think you're gonna see much. Now, what you will get, is less people probably right because some of those hunts you know some of the high country limited draw tags may have 50 tags and the region general region type hunts are unlimited basically or over the counter you know but i can cover so much more ground um if i hunt the regions that you know it just there's just no point um there's even some late late uh, limited draw tags that again you know would be a pretty sweet hunt and give you the opportunity to hunt you know into November in some of these places or down in the wintering grounds in here in Wyoming that you know obviously big bucks can get vulnerable if they get the weather and stuff like that but that's a gamble first of all that's in in my experience that's more of a it's almost like the third and fourth season tags in Colorado you just aren't ever sure what that weather is going to do and it's those hunts are so weather dependent that I don't mind having those tags but not in my home state where I have the opportunity to scout right that proximity to scouting <laughs> here I am leaving on a bear hunt and I'm way more interested in talking about mule deer over-the-counter general mule deer tag I love it but um, that proximity to these units allows me to scout and because I can scout, I'm more, I'm better, well, I'm more well suited to hunt that early tag because I have access to that high country early and 
you know, as opposed to, let's say, a hunt down in wherever, New Mexico, right? If I'm hunting in New Mexico, I'm way more inclined to go after some November, um, you know, November rut hunt tag, the one of the better ones in the state, because I'm probably not, I, I'm not going to scout it anyway, right? The chances of me driving to New Mexico, the further it gets from my home, the less likely I am to scout it. And there's really no point in scouting a mule deer tag other than familiarity with the unit and maybe a, where a couple water holes are or something like that. You know, I'm not going to walk down there and typically scout mule deer for, you know, a whatever, a fourth season Colorado tag or a late, uh, you know, November New Mexico hunt. And so I'm way more inclined to apply for those later season tags in states like whatever, Idaho or New Mexico or Colorado or whatever. I, I like the high country in Colorado, but you get the point. Um, and so I definitely wouldn't do that here where my biggest advantage for this tag in Wyoming is to be able to scout it early, scout the high country, find a buck and pattern him all summer and then actually have a chance of killing him either on the bow hunt uh, around the 1st of September or, you know, September 15th when the rifle opens before he sheds his velvet. So anyway, nothing too crazy there. I did apply for the first time up here. Some of the guys at work talked me into applying for one of the whitetail tags. <laughs> and the reason being, I wouldn't mind killing. I'm not a, I'm definitely not a whitetail guy. Like couldn't really care less generally but i wouldn't mind killing a white till in my life what i'm not i hate being cold right and so what doesn't excite me is when you know my buddy Corey talks about you know going and sitting in a tree stand in iowa in december or whatever and just the absolute you know freezing like worst freezing frigid cold temps that you can imagine and sitting there and that just doesn't sound fun to me. Um, but I, I wouldn't mind killing a whitetail. And even, you know, the hunts here that I put in for, um, it's probably, I think it's a later season. It, goes into, it at least goes into November, and so it could be plenty cold. But, you know, it's more of a local hunt here. And so, and it's a tag that I can also still have my mule deer tag, right? That's the big thing. If it was one or the other, I wouldn't even be thinking about it or it wouldn't even be an consideration but we'll see i have decent odds of drawing that and like i said that would be for me more of just a new experience something to do in november here right you know right around my home i think and so that would be kind of cool but um and then obviously uh the big one there is the elk tag mm. toothpaste lemon lemon pepino Man, it that takes a. I've never drank, but that's how I imagine. Kind of the same principle as shooting whiskey or something like that. Like it's an acquired taste. Um, someone, someone's gonna correct me on that. Oh, you, you know, because I don't have any clue. I've never tasted alcohol, but. Anyway, that is a that is a, a new new taste for me. Uh, the elk tag's the big one, though, coming up. You know, that's kind of the one that, uh, you know, I, I do put in for the limited draws because some of these tags are pretty sweet. Same one I, uh, you know, similar area that I hunted last year, basically. Um, and some of those, like I said, some of those can get pretty good. And, again, I'm not a diehard elk guy at the moment, but I do appreciate a good elk tag, and I I'll take it, you know, if it's a unit where I got a chance to go kill a 330, 40, 50, 60 bull or whatever, um, I'll take it. And that's that's what you have here. So I really, it's really the reason I got Poncho, my horse, if you haven't been following that, um, is some of these kind of local elk hunts where, you know, by the end of the season, October rolls around and I've been on a few three or four weeks of high country uh, backpack type hunts you know I'm really not itching to go by myself into grizzly country and frankly a lot of times I don't have the time off or whatever or the vacation to just go in there for another week you know and these some of these hunts are really hard to day hunt on foot 
but with a horse, if you can unload a horse, you know, a couple hours before sunup, cover 10, 15, 20 miles in a day on a good horse, you can get into some really good elk country and, you know, cover cover some ground, uh, have a lot better chance of turning up a big bull, I think, than I did last year on foot. And so, plus then, you know, the debacle I had last year of getting that bull out after I killed him, even though he's only, you know, two or three miles deep, I had to get horses. Uh, I didn't have to, but it, it was sure appreciated. So, anyway, I wish Poncho was another year older, but maybe by next next fall he'll. Uh, so I wouldn't I wouldn't even be that disappointed if I yeah, I would. Who am I kidding? I want that oak tag every year, but. And then antelope, um, who cares, right? <laughs> Nobody besides Carter, Jason Carter. I know you're in a closet antelope freak, but, um, yeah, I. I don't care. Like antelope is just fun. It's purely fun. Uh, there are probably a dozen units that I could have applied for in Wyoming that are better uh, than the unit that I applied for. But I applied for one that's relatively close, right, within within a couple hours driving of my home and a decent tag because I just, it's not worth it to me. If I have to go drive seven hours down to the southern, you know, south central portion of the state just to get into, you know, a little bit better, um, a little bit better antelope hunting, like I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'm now just, you know, mostly because I don't see, you know, there's, there's, they're probably not going to pull a 90 inch buck out of most of those units. Right. If this was Arizona and if I drove across the state, I could get into, you know, world-class, you know, 80 high eighties, 85. I would like to kill a big antelope once in my life, you know, then I would probably do it, but, um, it's just not the juice ain't worth the squeeze. I don't think, um, for most of those units. So probably going to see a lot of 70 inch goats here. And, you know, maybe a 75, and if you really, you know, got lucky or scouted hard or whatever, you might turn up an 80-inch goat up here. Probably not, but um, I'm completely fine with that. I actually am looking for I, – I actually hope I draw up here because that's just a perfect hunt to take a three and a basically a five-year-old out on. They can bounce around in the truck with me. They could probably, you know, be able to get out and watch – uh, you know, experience the whole thing relatively easily. I mean, I would tip over any antelope at that point just to get them the experience. They're, they're no experience with hunting and very little uh, with shooting anything, I don't think. So they just need that exposure. But So we'll be looking forward to that. And then last thing here as I wrap up, uh, my, <laughs> my weight loss update. Um, I'm trying. You guys keep me keep me accountable. I'm trying very hard, uh, and I'm down. I since I recorded, I started about three or three, Jeebus, no, not three, two, two thirty five or so, um, two thirty four, I think. And I, you know, that initial like shock of changing your diet completely or whatever. I think I dropped, um, you know, down to like uh 229 or 230 so you know over a couple weeks of just cutting out some immediate garbage that was in my system or whatever so that's where I'm at and like I said I'm trying really hard for me it's just again it's the diet as it is with most people and so that is my number one concern with that I still slip up someone brought donuts into the office yesterday like come on man I I know myself and I'm still working on my willpower and my self-control and I don't have it usually when something like that's around. Um, you know, if they were all chocolate donuts or whatever, but there was some maples and like, I'm a sucker for sweet. So, um, need to do better, but I, I could be doing worse. So still on target or still have a goal of, uh, hitting 210 by, by my hunts, right? By, uh, basically end of august september 1st or whatever so um been running a lot that's what i should be doing right now because i have our big 
well, I, I call it big. It's big for me. For, it's a 14K trail race, eight miles. Uh, we did it a couple of years ago. So the only advantage is that I've ran the course before. I assume they're doing the same exact course. And, you know, I understand the layout and stuff. But, um, yeah, that's that's what I should be doing. You know, I've been... I've been, I've been right around three, four miles pretty consistently each night. And that's helped take a little weight off, I think. Um, but man, you know, I need, I need one big long run. Um, and when I say big long run, that's like six plus, <laughs> it's pretty pathetic. Um, but that's where I'm at. Right. And then I'll roll into an eight mile trail race, uh, that's going to kick my butt either way, but you know, it's, uh, whatever it'll be it'll be if i haven't got an eye opener already that'll be it and i'll uh hopefully that'll kick start me even more to get get my butt in gear and get in shape so that's it that's hunt series episode two so uh hopefully have an update uh if nothing else you know maybe in another week here we'll circle back on wyoming draws we'll see how this bear hunt went and you know maybe talk more gear as i start getting out and really putting some of this new stuff to use got some clothing you know got new boots that are on uh rifle setup ballistics you know love to run those 168s through a bear and get some phone scope footage of that and see how that goes and just there's there's going to be plenty to talk about like i said when i started this the last concern that i have is content or material the biggest concern is just staying consistent and forcing myself to do these kind of things, whether it's driving in the truck or sitting down at home or, you know, wherever I have to record these because there will be no shortage of content from, it's like, you know, you hit a slip and slide, uh, once June 1st rolls around with hunting and hunting season and stuff, like you can't stop it. It's, it gains so much momentum going into the you know, the day, the weeks turned into just rolling through like days and all of a sudden it's September and then it's November and then it's Christmas and you're like, oh my goodness, what just happened? So there'll be no shortage of content. Things happen very quickly uh, as we get going through the summer here. So exciting. This is, man, aside from, you know, family and church, this is what I live for. Um, I just, I love it. Uh love it it's been it's gonna be i can tell it's gonna be fun bringing you guys along on the journey so to speak on a little bit more of a, a personal micro level so thanks for listening really appreciate the feedback and man if this one's cool like you know i don't ask this a lot but go ahead and share the episode um see if we can get more people hooked on it and that just makes it more fun for everybody so see you guys have a good one all right, guys, how we doing? Uh, just wanted to wrap up this uh, bear hunt today. <clears throat> so it is much later in the day. Just jumping back on. Um, it is 10.06, and I am just heading off the mountain once I get my seatbelt on here. And, man, I had a heck of a day. <clears throat> chasing a couple of bears um got up to where i wanted to get and i mean just like it was supposed to happen picked up a a, a decent bear um you know i'm not any sort of bear field judger or anything like that but it's just just an average bear i i would have guessed it was a young boar um and anyway, I, you know, <clears throat> I'm hunting this area where you're up on, you know, kind of up on top of a, a big, you know, finger of a main part of a mountain. And then these big canyons, you know, going off either direction, either side, just go for miles, no roads, um, deep, you know, steep and deep. And so <clears throat> great bear hunting weather though i mean oh my goodness it was it was perfect bluebird skies 65 almost 70 degrees you know up at nine ten thousand feet and yeah it was just you know got down <clears throat> took off after that first bear 
I saw him kind of first thing this morning, almost midday, though. By the time I got up there, it was, I don't know, it was probably 11, 10 or 11 o'clock. And, um, you know, dump. <laughs> he was moving. Like, that's, that's uh, you could tell right off he wasn't going to stay in one spot for very long. And, and I don't think he did. Um, you know, but it scattered scattered pine you know on one side of the south facing slope and then you know and he's right in the bottom of the canyon coming up uh coming towards me but i mean he's still <clears throat> i don't know well over a mile uh a little over a mile away and he's walking right up the bottom coming my direction but you know eventually i'm going to lose sight of him and off to the north side is just dog hair timber pine and so he's kind of down in the bottom and it looked like he was going to go towards the the thick pine on the north facing slope but he kind of stayed out in the open and came up on the the uh, south facing slope and so you know I knew from where I was I wasn't gonna nothing was gonna happen other than just he, I was gonna lose track of him here and you know within five minutes anyway and so I I just took off took off after him uh got down on basically the same hillside that he was on you know had to swing clear around from where I was clear around the the top of the canyon and you know the wind at the top this is <clears throat> probably pretty valuable I guess but the wind at the top of the canyon or the top of the ridge where I glassed him from was blowing at my back hard and towards him you know but he's way down in the bottom but still blowing that direction and hard you know 15 20 miles an hour consistently and you know i knew it was bad wind from up there but i've seen this before and sure enough dropped down off and as soon as i got down off it was actually kind of you know and it was hot today like i said and so you know if there was no wind down off the backside then those thermals might be kind of pushing the wind up. And that's kind of what was happening. It was just kind of coming, breeze was coming up canyon once you got down off the side. <clears throat> so what's happening with the wind at the top of the top of the mountains, not always what's happening down in the canyon on the backside. So the wind was actually pretty decent, but just never saw him, never ever turned him up again. Um, crossed a track you know and and again he was he was moving like in the <laughs> i don't know in the 5 minutes that I watched him or less he covered hundreds of yards i mean he was he was on a he was cruising you know munching and cruising munching and cruising and um so i mean could he have come all the way up you know and passed me and in front of me before i swung around the basin yeah it's possible um you know, there was a good, I mean, thousand yards probably that I had to travel to get over to the, you know, to cross over to his side of the canyon. And so he easily, that could have been his track. It wasn't a big track, and I don't think he would have made a real big track anyway, but never saw him. <clears throat> but that was sure fun. Kicked my butt. Uh, that right there was the first you know, what I was looking for of the season, just getting my butt back into mountain shape. And that was it. Um, you know, I didn't, I, I put on a couple miles going around there <clears throat> and lost, you know, I don't know, a few hundred feet vert had rifle and spotting scope and, you know, the stuff that you have, I don't know, 30, 35 pound pack, maybe with all my crap in there and water and stuff. And, but it just it just killed me, you know. And I granted I was coming out when I finally decided may or may not have had myself a little bear bear hunting nap uh, after I got all the way around there and realized I you know there just wasn't anything to see. But um, once I kind of decided to hike out of there, I pushed it pretty hard just to give myself a really good workout. And man, I kicked my butt. So, <clears throat> got back up on top, got back to the truck, 
went and hit a couple other spots that I wanted to go look into and glass from, and you know they weren't quite as good as where I just was. And so I was gonna head home, and this is kind of interesting. I was gonna head home and decided, man, I'm just gonna go back up on top, kind of in the general vicinity of where that bear was, and just see, just see, you know, glass till dark. And so I did. I was up there, you know, a couple hours at least before dark, and. I'm sitting there glass and I was just off the side of the road, uh, glass in a big Canyon. And all of a sudden I hear a distant voice off in the distance. Hi, hi guy yelling. And at first, you know, there's another truck over there and I just thought, man, he's, you know, it didn't quite sound like yelling yet. It just kind of sounded like someone getting someone else's attention. And so I kind of glanced over and didn't think anything of it. And then, you know, I could hear it getting, you know, a little bit more urgent and, and clearly trying to get a hold, trying to get someone's attention, you know, me obviously. And I mean, this, this voice is coming from <clears throat> a long ways, you know, long ways over there, uh, way across the, the basin, you know, up the road. And so finally I, you know, Hey, I can hear a guy yelling, Hey, can you, help? you know, can you help? And, so I'm like, man, what is going on? You know, do they have somebody kill a bear? Somebody get hurt by a bear? Somebody stuck? What's going on? So I jump in my truck and drive over and <clears throat> nice kid. He comes up to the window and sure enough, they'd gotten, they'd actually got stuck on a snowbank that I had tried to push through way up on top um, of this mountain earlier. <laughs> and I got about three quarters of the way through it and I would have made it, I think, but um it was just, it was pushing, pushing snow, you know, and once you start pushing snow with your bumper, you're just, it's working against yourself pretty bad. So I had to back out of it and I was able to back out of it just fine. And these guys, <clears throat> they got to almost to where I got, they didn't even get that far and got stuck. But anyway, so backed, backed in or uh, pulled into there and helped pull them out real quick. So then I was really you know, I was about then, I was, you know, I don't know what time it was, 8.30, 9 o'clock, maybe, 8.30 probably, and I'm like, you know, I I got a, quite a drive to get home, and I'm going to probably bail out of here. I hadn't seen anything other than that one bear all day. And so headed out past the spot where I had went after that other bear, you know, got to the next big canyon there, and it's a pretty good spot to glass, and so I just couldn't help myself, right? It's like one more cast uh, principle. You just have to look. And so I glanced down off into this other big side canyon, you know, miles down in there and deep and steep. And sure enough, didn't take long, spot a much bigger bear. Um, you know, again, I'm not a bear aficionado. I would say the first bear was an average young young adolescent male would have been my guess could have, could have been female too but um and I actually have video of him that I'll I had time to get video of him I'll post up eventually but this other bear um much bigger you know the the difference not just the body size but what I could see from the distance that I was looking at him from was or what I could tell was right off, you know, that other bear <clears throat> looked kind of long and lanky on his legs. Um, this bear looked short and stocky legs and thick and stocky legs, right? But he, I mean, he wasn't, he was just bigger. He was just, he was just a lot bigger. Um, you know, I think he was, he looked by himself, probably a bigger male, but so that was the bear I was, I came up there for but and so of course I've got like 30 minutes of shooting light and I couldn't help myself you know you just my brother and I have this stupid you know cliche saying that we always don't think just go and you know it was kind of came from a one hunt when we just did something really stupid but we ended up killing a deer and you know, and that's the thing. It's like sometimes you do, you just have to not think and just go. Otherwise, you'll talk yourself out of a lot of stuff. 
you know, and it's, you know, what, what was it, right? It was just, in worst case, in this case, it was a couple more miles that I had to put on um, down and a couple more miles back. And, and that's what happened. Um, you know, again, swung around, had to swing around this big, big bowl, big kind of base, basin, top of the basin, down and down, and then down off a of finger ridge, down into the canyon, and looked like there was a spot that I would have the distance to shoot possibly, you know, right at last light and, and, uh, didn't, I just, as soon as I got down to where I thought I was going to have a spot to shoot, I realized I, I had no spot to shoot. I couldn't, there was nowhere, you know, I would have had to hike another three miles to go down another Canyon and around to get to where I could see this bear. It's too bad because I think he was just, you know, he, this bear, unlike the first bear, he, he didn't move. I, I was able to glass him a couple of times as I hiked around and he was right in one big meadow and basically hadn't moved a hundred yards, you know? And so he would have been prime, prime time to kill him, but that's the way it goes. So that's the recap for the day. Wanted to get that buttoned up and attached to this episode and now I'm really beat but that's it's good this is again this is perfect um if I can just you know keep man I need to do this like three three times a week (laughs) from now until September but it's tough so but this is a good little slingshot and you know keep running start doing some hiking maybe close to home after work or whatever but um I think that's it. I didn't bring nearly enough food with me today either, which again is probably good for my fat butt, but um just just tired and hungry and luckily there was water everywhere cuz snow was melting like crazy, so and I about I'll be here to a town here in a few minutes, but or a town, not my town, but a town. So, okay. Thanks for uh, following along. Hopefully that was uh, hopefully that was worth the wait. See ya. Hey everybody! Thank you for listening to the Finding Backcountry podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and mention it to your friends. But the best thing you can do: leave a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. For notes and links to this and other episodes, please visit findingbackcountry.com.